now. Part of our fruit bearingness is if we can simplify our relationships. There are a lot of people out there and not all of them are good for you. Okay, I don't get to be people, but I get to be a person. And I have to ask myself, am I good to be around? How many of you know you don't want to be the Jonah in the boat? You don't want to be the cork in the bottle. You don't want to be the block that's blocking someone from growing in Jesus Christ. You don't want to be the stumbling block. You don't want to be a pastor who gets a major DUI and has a gun standoff at Walmart that can really affect your ministry. Relationships. We're going to take a clip, look at a video clip from, I, Natalie, help me with the name of the movie. Is it Young? What's that? Called The Man in Steel. And it's young uh, Clark Kent discovering that he's quite different and how his mom helped him simplify some things. If we could see that, and then we'll move on. Make it real loud. So. I asked if you could tell me who first settled Kansas. Are you all right, Clark? Wow. Young Clark Kent. Actually, that's uh, Skyler Kelly when he was young. And uh, before he started Man of Steel Gutters, you, you wondered why he started it, because we just needed to let you know who Skyler really is. He's Superman. Thank you, Skyler. Jamie, you're quite lucky to marry a man like that. Uh, but in, in this uh, little clip, we see that uh, he, he says, Mom, the world is too big. And, and she says, make it smaller. And I really believe that the world is, is way too big. 
book of Daniel says that in the last days that knowledge will keep increasing. And I find people driving themselves nuts trying to keep up with the, the next best iPhone and, and communication device and what's the new social media, you know, and on and on and on. And then all the voices, especially through media, television, cable TV, podcasts, there's so many voices that are telling you, hey, I'm your friend, come this way, come this way. And, uh, and I really believe that, in fact, they're even having psychological studies that show that people are so confused by all the multiple voices that our attention span is going into the toilet. Just people are just so scattered trying to respond to friends and to voices. Let me uh, establish something really quickly. I think that Kim and I have something like 700 Facebook friends. Okay, what that means is that, that, that I am friendly. It doesn't mean that I have the time to have an intimate uh, relationship with everyone who's my Facebook friend. Some of my Facebook friends ends up saying nasty things because people will come to Joy and they'll, 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 they'll friend Kim and I and we'll, we'll respond and then they drop the F-bomb and different stuff that's not really that edifying. So we've learned how to handle your friend without losing your friendship. It's called unfollow. <laughs> so some of our Facebook friends, we just put unfollow, which means you can read when we post something, and hopefully it will be edifying when we post it, but we will unfollow your nastiness. And then maybe if we see there's some progress, we'll try again, you know. But, but back to this concept of the world that that you need to have around you. Uh, presbytery, uh, right now, real life, our sister church, real life church in, in White City has Danny Bonilla and George Elliott, two dear friends of mine. Uh, Danny and, and uh, Giselle and Kim and I, we go back to uh, the year 1980, 81, and we used to pray together. and. Uh, we used to, to seek God over donuts and Holy Spirit. And we prayed about them planting a church in New York City and about us planting a church in Medford. And uh, I didn't know Danny Bonilla was going to grow up to be Danny Bonilla. Amazing man of God, amazing fivefold prophet. Um, I was so amazed at his pr prophecy, and I go, okay, well, that's his call. But then I heard him teach, and I have other reasons to hate him now, because he's a very good, very good teacher. And, and I just want this to be seen, that covenant is where all things start. The commitment of the covenant of God, where he commits to us. He says, I love you with an everlasting love. And with cords of loving kindness, he draws us. Now, we're talking a little bit about the Holy Spirit. I'm a little bit random today. I will touch the notes occasionally, and we'll, we'll get out approximately the right time. But what I say, I don't know totally. I'm a little out of control. But just as the word of the Lord is proceeding, right? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God, or is proceeding from the mouth of God, which is what ramas are, which is what word of knowledge, word of wisdom, 
and all the actions of the Holy Spirit are ongoing processes, so is his drawing and wooing. So is the work of the Father to woo us into intimacy with him. Which he didn't save us and forget us is what I'm trying to say. Now, everything that relates to your relationship with God usually works in your relationship with other people. Um, yes, I wooed Kim, but it could be said of that from last week, not just in 1980 when I met her. Yes, I wooed her, but I woo her because relationship is proceeding. With relationships... I've been a long time with Pastor Mike and Pastor Denny and, and wives, and not, it sounds terrible like they've had a whole string of wives, but no, each guy has a wife there. Relationship means not only that I love in relationship one time, set it and forget it, but you keep wooing friendships. Good words, love, occasional conflict, it's all good. So what am I selling up here? Well, first of all, I'm here to sell man camp. Because men tend to, especially in our age, men tend to isolate. They tend to isolate sometimes to media. Grown men, video games, social media, cable TV. And we send our women out to socially interact. Has anyone been to America? You know, sometimes I talk about America and you'd think I was talking about Poland or something. I'm really asking a question. Have you been to America recently? So many men don't talk. The only touch they have with the world is through their children and through their wife. That's why so many kids are brokenhearted and have deep daddy issues. Because you need to be wooing your children. This one, this pretty girl here, who doesn't even have my last name now. I long for her. She's, she's grown up. She's almost looks like she's 19 now. But I don't think 18 is when your kids are grown up. Your kids are grown up when you're in a coffin. When you can't love them and reach out to them. When you can't woo them and long for them and pray for them. I want us to get a covenantal view. I was thinking about Pastor Mike and I. Some of our first conversations was about covenant, covenant bonds and love because that's what we came into Medford to do. God says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I live in a world of people that have been abandoned. Something inside my heart says, that's not right. I may be the sorriest man in the world, but I want to be the best of the sorries to love my wife and my kids and my people around me. God, because he isn't sorry at all. He's the best of the best. And he said, I'll give you my name. I'll identify with your scandal. I'll, 
I'll identify. Well, isn't that that former, you know, look at people in the Bible. That was the former woman caught in adultery, John 8. Isn't that that former woman that had five wives and a multiple interesting relationships in, in, in John 4? And, and the Lord says, I love you so much, I'll give you my name. Because I want you to have a relationship that's simplified from the, you know, the pantheon of Greek gods, available weird, lustful gods, and you get into the Indian gods, and all over the world there's all kinds of noise and gods and spirits and demons, and, and yet Jesus comes along and he said, I want to simplify those relationships. I want you to know that I, I come um, because my dad has really commissioned me to show you the kingdom of God. And dad and I want to come and be with you and dwell in you. And when I go, I'm not going to leave you holding the bag. But I will come to you through the Holy Spirit. Wow. In this walk I've had with Jesus, man, there's three dudes that I like traveling with. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the covenant that allows me to be saved is the covenant between Father and Son. He already prepaid for all my expenses, and all I have to do is lift my hand and declare that God is true. Man camp. Connect groups. There are man camps, a, a thing, where we can get together good guys in a good atmosphere where good things can happen. Jack Willis is one of the most dynamic, fun-loving, life-changing evangelists that I know. He'll go in front of a group of bikers, man. They might have had a bloody brawl the night before. Jack gets in there, he gets people laughing, and suddenly they're crying, and suddenly they're saved, and suddenly they're transformed. Jack has an amazing love for people. When he preaches, he preaches just down home where we live, caught up in some form of prison or the other, or maybe hurt or scarred, and we've, for guys, we're reclusive, just waiting, waiting, and waiting. We don't know what we're waiting for, but we're just waiting, and all of a sudden, at man camp, we can be challenged. Hey, guys, let's do something really crazy and outrageous. Let's come out of our cave and actually communicate with each other. Let's actually just share notes. How are you loving your wife? How are you being a good dad? What are you doing that's sacrificial? Or even challenging selfishness. Is your life all about you, all about all the time? I'll tell you something. A dad that's sacrificial will have children that will never want to be far from him. And a dad that's selfish can't keep the kids. Come on now. Man camp. Small groups. This is called lecture church. This is where we tell the story. And we don't know all the craziness that's up in your dome. Sometimes we get you in counseling and we go, oh, my God, you really believe that? That's ridiculous. That's destroying you. Really, Pastor? Did, we just taught a whole series on that about a month ago. Really? What were you doing? My nails? Come on now. Let's laugh about it. Shakespeare at least wrote, wrote what fools we mortals be. But we don't know what crazy stuff is in our head until we talk about it.
This is why Jesus used interview. <laughs> Jesus already knew what he knew, so he'd always ask people, oh, by the way, uh, who, who do men say that I am? Interviewed him. What? They, they don't know anything, Jesus. Why are you inter interviewing him? Because he wants to pull out of people what they believe. And then when they said, well, some men say you're Elijah, some of this and that, but who do you say I am? And Peter got the prize that day, later to be rebuked and called the devil. But it was a good start. In connect groups, small groups, we leave the big group where we can be so smug we put on our very happy, Christian-like smile, and we go home, and sometimes we don't communicate the love of God to our kids. We, 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 we're, we're battling with addictions, media addictions, pornography addictions, uncleanness addiction, relationship addictions. Today's the, the most beautiful day to live if you're, if you're into addictions. Man, it's easy to get hooked on wine. Come to Schmidt Winery. Come to Valley View Winery. Come to this winery. You can sit, stay drunk on other people's money for a long time. Come to this porno site. Go to that porno site. Porno for free. Well, I can't afford Wi-Fi. How can I get into porno? Public places will let you do it. Now, I'm not, re I'm not recruiting you for that. Please understand satire. I'm being satirical. I'm just telling you this, that we live in a world where being Proverbs 18.1, he that isolates himself rages against sound judgment. Being all alone, you're entering into incest with yourself. It's called mental incest. If the only thoughts I think are the ones I've already had, then, then my thought life is starting to look like the boys on deliverance. Well now, what are you fellas doing here in Oregon? Let in some new DNA into your head. True? And that's why we believe in small groups. Craig Rochelle said this about our friendships. Because a small group is really a gathering of friends. And hopefully that we're different. I've got friends that are really different than me. And I'm getting new friends because I've taken up shooting at the shooting range. Man, there's so many people that have been mean to me and their face is on a target now. Metaphorically, not really. <laughs> so I like the guys. I met the shooting range the other day, and the guy's got a sniper rifle. It's about eight feet long. The dude looked like Skyler. I thought he was a Navy SEAL. He's real sweet. Showed us the gun. Thank you, sir. <laughs> different friendships. You have different friends, and they have different things they do. And it's better that you have friends that aren't all just one clan that don't do anything but exactly what you like. These are the people that make ceramic clay pots. That's the only people I like. No, be broader than that. A connect group is broader than that. But, but, but the, the drive is to go after Jesus 
and to build one another up in the faith and to get us out of the cave and into the sunlight again. Craig Rochelle said this. He said, show me your friends and I will show you your future. This is why it's exciting to know that some of my long-term friends are across town prophesying over people. And, it's, and they like to know that one of their friends that was dispatched to Medford with one couple waiting for us and two kids and we had a Fiat Brava and we had $500 to plant the church and about $700 of bills. We kind of stayed here because of value. Value shoppers. Because of value. Where did God send you? Who's surrounding you? If everybody I met and encountered in Medford, and there was plenty of wild, crazy people, that if I was lust-driven, I could have gotten off the purpose because when we opened up shop, we didn't have a whole bunch of people. Some old guy had visited Applegate Christian Fellowship, which was growing quite rapidly, and he comes into our place and goes, I was just up at the church in Jacksonville, and they had lots of people. And you don't have very many people. Why? I said, sir, let me explain. If we had lots of people, we would be a big church. And since no one comes here, we're a little one. <laughs> he looks around a little bit and goes, that makes sense. It does. But we didn't have a lot of people that were here. So that meant that we had to very carefully bring people on the relationship walk with us and keep relationship through pre-internet. <laughs> pre-internet. You paid to call out. If you had got a discount, you paid 10 cents a minute to call the Grants Pass or anywhere else. 10 cents a minute. <laughs> How I long for those days when I look at what we pay for cell and internet and all that. But, but we had to maintain relationships because who you surround your life with, they are either going to lift you into greater freedom or they're going to anchor you into drowning. That's the same thing that we as parents are doing for our children. We're either providing stair steps and say, hey, Gino, uh, Jake, Johnny, and Natalie, step on our shoulders and go on into a happy, bright future. Or through railing on the children and putting them down and calling them stupid and stuff like that. More cruelty happens in the family circle than almost anywhere else. I want to tell you something. Small groups. God loves small groups. Jesus is walking on the beach and he's telling the guys, hey, follow me. Mark chapter 3 says that when he was choosing disciples, he, he wanted them and they came to him that they might be with him, that they might do the things that he commanded them. That's what small groups are about. That's what relationships are about. I didn't marry Kim to reject her. 
I didn't marry Kim to just abuse her. I married Kim to love her till I die. To call her doll every day. When I'm mad at her, it's crocodile. <laughs> Which is not too often. Relationship. How do you build a, how do you build a great family? Love your wife. Love your husband. Communicate. Well, you know, they're probably going to talk trivial talk. Really? Like all of us talking about the Ducks football? We've never even done anything for them. Natalie, I'm just off the notes so bad. I'm... I love it when my daughter looks at me like, we'll talk. <laughs> Later, Daddy. I believe the Holy Spirit's talking. I've got to believe that, because someone's talking. <laughs> Let me just read from Ecclesiastes. It's probably good that I don't just exhort and not have scripture. It's kind of like not having any, any chicken with your salad. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. I observed yet another example of something meaningless under the sun. This is the case of a man who is all alone without a child or a brother, yet who works hard to gain as much wealth as he can, but then he asked himself, what am I working for? Why am I giving up so much pleasure now? It is also meaningless and depressing. Solomon wrote this in Ecclesiastes. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. This uh, picture that we see in Ecclesiastes 4 is a man that spent his days and his nights working hard, primarily for himself. You know, I got man camp in my mind, and I'm thinking about the silliness. Now that I'm getting uh, to be an empty nester, I've been getting a few more, you know, toys. But I see so many guys that they get their toys first, and then they put the, the needs of their family later. I always felt this way, that leaders eat last. Mom and I would feed the kids and then we would try to figure out who else to give the food to because she's Italian and she cooks too much. But you feed. You feed first. Through the, the, the rearing years, we, we didn't have a lot of money, so we'd put our money into God. We put our money into nice housing, so we've always had a big barn to live in. But then you'll see that we put money into educating our children in music and other ways so they can communicate and do the will of God. Okay? And so if you come to my house and, well, show me your toys. Well, here's, here's a, a kite that, that I 
spent $75 on um, 17 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I know, but where's all your stuff? Well, where's your Harley? Well, Natalie and I bought a, a 49cc scooter together, and she paid 600 and I paid 600 Yeah, but where, 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 where's your toys? My toys are people. My, my toys are Jacob, Gino, Johnny, Natalie, and Kim. My toys are being available to be a lover of God and have relationship. Because I don't want to end up like that guy. What was it all for? Think about, think about the person that's so crabby trying to make a living, and they drive their kids away. And then now you're sitting there, and you're, you know, maybe you're even in a high-class rest home, and you're sitting there, and click, tick, 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 tick. And then every couple of weeks, someone dutifully just comes by to say hi. Well, I probably should go say hi to my dad. Well, where's the relationship? He never had time for it. Or your mom. What's your relationship like with your mom? Well, she was so busy trying to look prettier than me. Come on now. Can I tell you something about life? Every dog has its day. Learn how to get on the stage. Learn how to exit the stage with grace. Because the river of life flows. And what happens is there's a time to let your little girl know you're so cute. I'm really excited about your dress that you got. I'm really excited about your class that you completed. I'm leaning on your fence. I'm there to see you're at bat because I already know what I know. And I've already sung the songs that I need to sing. But I want to hear yours. This spirit is how God is. Do you, do you think that God's really excited with our prayer life? Whoa, I got to meet with Steve, man. This is going to be exciting. Hi, it's me, Lord. I'm a little grumpy today, Father. God is so good. And I see him looking over the fence in a small group called Individual Relationship with Us. And he's saying, I, I love you, child. And when you pour out your heart, when you're single and you're saying, God, I, I'm so lonely, I feel like a knife is cutting through me. He doesn't blow you off and say, this is boring. I've heard that before. He said, why don't you tell me about it? I've experienced loneliness. God, I'm going through rejection. Maybe you've been abandoned and your mate ran off and left you. And, to, and for good measure, <laughs> it took your money. Left you holding the bag. You come to Jesus and he says, I've experienced betrayal. I love you. We see that this man was all alone. And Solomon goes on and he says, hey, two are better than one. For they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. Which was really a real problem when the roads were majorly washed out, nice, or terrible. And literally, a traveler going alone could stumble, break an ankle, and be left to die. So traveling together with someone was 
not only good for the camaraderie, because it was mostly foot traffic, but it was also good for safety. Being out in the mountains of Turkey where some of the apostles used to walk, you know, Paul would go through uh, Asia Minor, which is Turkey, and they say that some of the, that terrain there was brutally cold at night, and you had someone that you could just go back to back, stay warm, keep each other warm, very practical, and then withstanding an attack. Solomon goes on and says, three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. Now, we have to, to look like this man did, and he he basically, in the Ecclesiastes 4, he said, what am I doing? What am I doing this for? And I want to ask you, gentlemen and ladies, what are you doing in your life? Ladies, if you're on social networking more than you spend time with your own live children, your priorities are a little goofy. I'll walk through. Many of you have heard me do this. I'll see you with a, your cell phone. and go. There's no need to text me. I'm right here. And you guys will look at me like, yeah, sure, and continue on. But, but you can go and you can see at Starbucks and other places where some, two people are across from each other and they're texting someone else. Just because everybody needs to know what location you're in. Wow, I'm sure glad to know that Natalie's at Starbucks uh, near Costco because God only knows like if a tornado or hurricane is going to take it out any moment. And if I didn't know that everybody in the church is dropping in there, what do we think, you know? Come on now, I'm just, I'm not, I'm satirical but not critical. But we find we let culture frame us. And then we miss what the Bible says. The Bible says, hey, I've called you. Jesus sent him out by twos and threes. I want you to go out and be together. You get married to be together. You don't get married to fight. You don't get married to penalize folks for the dysfunction of ancestors from years ago. Let's put the fun back into dysfunction. Okay, if I go out with you, I already know something. You're a screwed up mess. And so am I. Hello? So sometimes it's just have coffee. Or better yet, go to Torta Loca and have dollar tacos on Thursday. And let's cut the dysfunctional discussion. Because I'm not a victim. You're not a victim. We're both victims of the fall. And we both are required to get up and to grow up and to talk to one another and love one another and be open and be honest and, and if, don't promise something you're not going to keep, but let's just get over it. Sin stinks. Dysfunction stinks. If you don't like how others are functioning, dysfunction in a different way. In other words, I'm going to be relational. I'm going to have leaders that challenge me up. And on, and I'm going to bring others with me because this is like a, the way a straw works. This is the convection of the Holy Spirit 
that draws people into maturity. This is how the body of Christ grows. This is how the body of Christ matures. This is how we can reproduce because we're going to be sending 30 people up with Aaron and these 30 people met each other and we were strangers at one time and we found out that they were just as dysfunctional as we were and we functioned together because God loves us and walks with us individually, walks with us in small groups, walks with us at lecture church and guess what? We've got enough enough goodness of God to go plant another congregation so people that are lonely, people that are isolated, people that will pull their, their, their face away from their, their, their phone and their media or maybe no one ever talked to them. And suddenly we say, come on, follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me and I will cause you to become a fisher of me. Follow me. Come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy laden. Take my yoke. And it's going to be easier. The burden you're carrying all alone is easier when somebody in the team is walking with you. When you love one another. There's nothing like going through a situation. Even in a sports contest, you're tired. You've been blocking all, all afternoon, but you're so close. You're two minutes from a victory, and then you keep on driving. There's pain in the kingdom, but what gives me so much richness is I know that Danny's hurting in Florida. I know that George is hurting from time to time up in Portland. I know that Pastor Dick is going all over the world, and sometimes he's tired. And I stood in his hospital bed and had to help make a decision a number of years ago to risk his life in a surgery. And Roxy and I and Wayman Steele, we sat there and the doctor said, what do we do? And she said, what do I do, Steve? The doctor said, he'd, if he was a young guy, it'd be 2% risk. He's an older man, it's 15% risk. And he's glaring at my dad and the Lord. Like it's his fault that he's in his 80s. Thank God he survived. And I had to make the call with Roxy. Brother Dick is a man of faith. He would take the risk, give him the surgery. And his heart was repaired. And he's still going on. I've been with my father in the Lord when people rejected him. I've been with my father in the Lord when he told me he was hurting. I don't know about you. I don't like phony Christian stuff. I like real Christians. And real Christians don't have to fake their spirituality. Real Christians don't have to tell you how many hours they're logging in prayer. And what I love is in this life, Jesus said, there will be tribulation. But I surround myself with men that can keep functioning through the pain. Well, how do you feel about yourself? I don't want to think about myself because the game clock's still running. For years, people kept voting who was the most respected man in our nation, and a name came up by the name of Vince Lombardi. Back when the NFL first started and everyone stood for the flag salute and the national anthem. Lombardi was just a tough guy, little Italian guy. And these guys would come in. They said Lombardi had a healing ministry like no one else. Guys would come in, my arm hurts. Don't be a sissy. Get out there and slam them. Okay, coach. 
The reason is, is because he never lost that thing that he felt as, a, as an Italian immigrant back in the day when it wasn't always popular to be Italian. He knew rejection. He knew what it was like to, be, to work hard. And he put that kind of courage in other people. I want us to really consider what the Bible says. There's other verses that tell us that if we make fools our companions, destructions are in. If you want to be wise, hang with the wise. I'm going to finish just with them some. How many are getting anything out of this? Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. The message paraphrase says, become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. So many people fall to pieces. Did you plan on being an alcoholic? No. It was one sip at a time. At Joy, if you drink, we're cool. We love you. If you go into high-level leadership here, we ask everybody to drop all of it. Why? Because it's commanded? No, because it's wise. Because it's wise. I, I don't want someone that sees Pastor Steve drinking and suddenly feel that it's okay when they're right on the border. Okay? Most people don't become strung out on drugs because they wanted to, you know, my goal is to just be completely wasted and doing time in rehab, so that's why I'm getting on, on, on dope. No, it starts as fun. And it often starts as social. Well, my friends were smoking marijuana, and I started relaxing, and I'd smoke a bowl, and then pretty soon I was snorting cocaine, and man, I loved that. But then when I started doing methamphetamine, I just couldn't stop. Wow. You have to understand that your friendships and who's that small group, who's that confidant you talk to every day? Are they, are they kingdom people? Are they laying their life down? Or are they self, selfish? Assess where you're at truly in your relationships. Take the journey of making your world smaller by joining a connect group. Well, can't I be a Christian and just come to church on Sunday? Sure you can. You can also play football without, without lifting weights, but you're not going to play NFL level. How many of you know that anything that you really love, you're going to dig into it and do it really well? <laughs> Some relationships must be eliminated. This requires wisdom. Don't just get... Get some Jesus and tell your friends, hey, you guys are all a bunch of sinners. You were eating dope with them last week. Cut them a break. Tell them, hey, man, Jesus is all over me, and I invite you to come in. Not to condemn you, but, man, I, I think we were kind of missing the boat a little bit. And some of your friends, they'll think you're nuts. Man, you used to be normal. We'd get high together. We'd get drunk together. We'd, you know, do whatever we do together. And now, now you're better than me. And you just don't. No, no, but I did find the one that's better than all of us, and that's Jesus, and he's really set me free, and I would like to take you on the journey with me. I don't know, come here from Sikkim, but we can go learn together. 
How many think it'd be great if everybody that came into Jesus didn't throw away their old friends, they brought them with them? But watch this. Some friends, their goal is to make you fall. There have been young women in different churches that I've heard where they went out to seduce young men and pull them back. Now that friendship you do not want to pursue. If someone's toxic, I'll just tell them, I think you're toxic right now. Doesn't mean you have to stay toxic, but I'm withdrawing from you because you're toxic now. When you're detoxed, then we're cool. <coughs> Use some wisdom. First uh, Corinthians 15.33. Don't be fooled by those who say such things, for bad company corrupts good character. You want to have a great destiny? You need good character. So that means you need to be around people that are going the same direction you're going. <coughs> Some relationships must be redefined. When you have a child that grows up, my daughter Natalie used to be Natalie Schmelzer. Now she plays for the Amen team. She was praying, Lord, send me a mate. Then finally she got desperate, said, Lord, send me a man. And so God said, okay, Riley, Amen, is your husband. So I have to redefine. I have a married daughter now. It's a different relationship than when she was my single daughter. It's not totally different, but it's redefined within proper bounds. See, I respect the authority of, of Riley <clears throat> leading his home. And time is up. Okay. Some relationships must be sought after. I'm going to just list three. Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you. He defined it. He said, fishers of men. But he not only makes us fishers of men, but he just makes us. He makes us better. <laughs> Bring him in your small group, your prayer life, your thought life. Make Jesus your hero. Number two, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. He's another good guy to travel with. And then your connect leaders say, come join my group. Why? Why do they want me in the group? What do they want from me? All the badness out of you. All of the brain damage out of you. I need small groups because I'm 62 and I'm not even seeing the goal of perfection. I feel like it's been a good start. The 62 years that I've lived and the 40-some years I've lived with Jesus, about 49 years, I've walked with the Lord. Very good years. Okay, but that's why I need small group. I need guys speaking to my life. Let's all stand together.